This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're focusing on investment advice amid economic uncertainty. If the rising cost of living is impacting your savings and creating concern about your financial future, we have advice for you so you can reach your financial goals. And a bit later, we're going to talk about a recent poll that shows you young adults are more engaged in their finances than their parents think. Certainly a good news discussion. So joining me now to talk about all this and more is Jackie McCann-Scott. Jackie is a certified financial planner and regular guest here on Your Money with Nancy Snedden. Jackie, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Happy to be here, Nancy. So let's talk about the rising cost of living that many Canadians are finding it tough to prior to our savings in this environment. And after all, it's hard to look to tomorrow when you're really struggling to get by today. And that's a sentiment revealed in the recent Bank of Montreal survey. So according to the poll, one-third at 36% of Canadians have reduced the amount they contribute to savings. Nearly one-quarter at 22% are cutting down on their retirement savings. The Bank of Montreal Real Financial Progress Index, which provides a quarterly measurement of consumer sentiment around financial confidence, also reveals that nearly two-thirds at 61% of Canadians without financial goals wish they had them in place. Really not a surprising number, I think. And these results echo the results of our recent BDO affordability index as well. That showed that nearly three quarters at 71% of Canadians say saving for retirement is a challenge amid rising inflation. Almost half at 43% say they've cut their savings for retirement. And as a result, nearly two thirds at 64% of respondents admit that they aren't on track to save enough. And roughly half of these respondents say they're far behind in the retirement savings. Jackie, how concerning are these results? Uh, well, you would think that, you know, what would concern me the most is the cutting back on the retirement savings. Um, and certainly that is a concern, Nancy. But I think the high percentage of people without goals and concern that they don't have goals concerns me even more. Because if you haven't clearly defined what it is you're trying to accomplish, you know, what you're working with, you know, what the gap is between here and there, then how do you know how far behind you are? And that's the thing that I see time and time again is people feel feeling this financial stress, you know, spiraling a little bit uh, in terms of the thoughts that I'll never be able to retire, I'll never pay down debt, I don't have enough saved. And then when I ask the questions about, you know, in, in a planning conversation, how much do you have saved and how much are you putting away now, sometimes they're not even really clear on those numbers. So it's the goal thing that I think will anchor us in these difficult times. And, you know, when people, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that people are realizing they need goals and they're wishing they had, had set them, but it's never too late to do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find some hope in these otherwise dismal stats that we're sharing with your listeners today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I agree with you. Like, I think oftentimes people feel like, well, I don't have enough money to, to save. So what's the point in saving or what's the point in setting goals? Because I'm not going to be able to reach them. But really, if you sit down with someone like myself or yourself, Jackie, and really go through your budget, really go through, um, you know, where you may be able to cut back or put a plan in place to help you start putting money away or to help you deal with the debt so that you can start putting your money away. The important thing is that you 
you actually start looking at your finances and planning for the future and to your point, setting some goals. But there's still an opportunity, right, to stay on track. And sometimes, depending on where you are in your, you know, in your life um, and what life events are going to happen, you know, likely to you first, um, readjusting your, your savings is, may not be a bad idea. You know, I often sit down with people who are, you know, um, for example, young families starting out who are putting a lot of money away for retirement, but they haven't addressed saving for their child's education, for example. So maybe in that scenario, cutting back some of the money that's being directed to your retirement and, you know, redirecting it to an RESP for a child, if they're likely to need that money before you're likely to retire, those types of adjustments, you know, to your sales can still keep you on track. So it's not, you know, you're just making intentional decisions. Similarly, you know, with the rising interest rates right now, if you're carrying a lot of debt, maybe redirecting more to debt. I mean, we got spoiled. For years, borrowing rates were, you know, in some cases under 2%, people, you know, didn't really worry about the debt to the same degree, and they it made sense to focus on savings. But now, if you're still carrying some debt and that's getting more expensive, addressing that and, you know, redirecting money from your retirement might make sense. Again, it really depends on the situation, and I know you hear me say that all the time. It's not a one-size-fits-all answer. No, for sure it's not. Everyone's personal situation is different. And I, I say that to my clients as well, right? Because they'll often say, well, my friend, when they came to see you, got um, did this proposal or this is what happened to them in their bankruptcy. And, and everyone's situation is different. So it's never the same solution for everyone. But to your point, there is a solution for everyone, right? You just need to take the steps to get there. And, you know, right now, we, as you we said, finances are really tight. And so many people, like I mentioned, don't think they have enough money to budget or don't think they have enough money to save. So what advice can you share with our listeners when it comes to prioritizing goals during these times? Um, I think that, you know, it's really important to start with some clarity. So you need to know your numbers. I say that all the time. You need to, you know, start. And I, it really doesn't matter if you're someone who is, you know, more than half of respondents to all the latest financial surveys are saying we're gone paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, and I see that all the time. And, you know, and, and people are doing the best they can with what they have. But even folks that have a little bit more flexibility in their finances, I still think it's important to start with, you know, understanding your numbers. Because once you understand your numbers, a couple of things happen. If you see how much you're paying in certain things, maybe there's ways now that you can challenge, you know, um, those those expenses. Is that something I really need to be spending money on now? Um, you know, or can I call that service provider and see if I can negotiate a better rate? So, you know, you see all the sources of income you have, but really being able to take an active role in negotiating to the best of your ability. I mean, obviously, food prices are what they are, but even then there's the opportunity to do some, you know, meal planning, for example. So you can say, I'm making decisions. This is not something that is happening to me now. This is something that I have a lot of clarity and awareness on, and I'm making decisions that serve me and my family. So I think, you know, um, setting those goals and, and understanding those numbers is more important than ever. We need to write it down, get clear, challenge our challenge our assumptions. So, you know, not just think, I don't think I can do this, but let's see what it looks like in black and white. Because sometimes when you write it down, 
opportunities will jump off the page that you may not have been able to see when it's just this, you know, fog of doom and gloom that, you know, we're hearing all the time right now. And and I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to really oh, focus on the hopefulness. No, it's absolutely. To get creative, I, uh, I recently wrote an article for um, for a local entrepreneurial magazine, and I talked about it's not just what you save, but it's what you keep that counts, and looking at creative ways to save. So, you know, people will come in and they're putting money into, you know, just a regular checking account or a high-interest savings account, and maybe if we, you know, changed how that's being treated, maybe if you're putting money in an RSP and a spousal RSP, giving your higher-earning spouse potentially more tax breaks makes more sense. Moving money from a regular savings to an RESP to pick up some additional grants. Um, you know, using the tax-free savings to put some inflation proofing in your retirement plan. There's so many creative strategies that if we have less to work with, at least make sure we're using that little that we have to the best of our ability from all ends. Because it's not just what you keep, it's what you make, it's what you keep that counts. No, absolutely. And the more that you keep, the closer you can get to that retirement goal that you have. And I know that's where people want to get, but we're seeing uh, many of the surveys saying that Canadians who haven't retired yet say they're dealing with their start, delaying, sorry, their start date because of inflation. So nearly two thirds at 66% fear inflation is going to erode their savings and way of life. Nearly half fear they will outlive their savings. Just over half at 55% fear they haven't saved enough. And with the weak stock market, it's also making things worse for those wanting to quit working. So close to half at 45% are pressing pause on retirement because they're worried about their investments. So does any of these sentiments sound familiar? Are you hearing these types of concerns from your clients? And for those feeling this way or expressing these concerns, what's your advice for them? Um, I, I hear it all the time. People are very, very concerned. And uh, and I guess the, the thing that as a planner bothers me is that people are letting that fear inform their decisions. So, you know, now is not the time um, necessarily to be putting all your investments, you know, in cash, to be putting everything under the mattress, so to speak. Um, you know, depending on where you are, again, in your in your retirement savings journey, um, you need to really consider what buying opportunities may exist right now in the marketplace for you. So the further away you are from that needing to start drawing down on those investments and those savings, um, you know, typically the less risk you're going to want to take in your portfolio or the more risk or you can afford to take. But again, that's not for everybody. There's what I call, you know, you, you have a tolerance for risk, but there's also a capacity for risk. So you need to look at, you know, am I carrying a lot of debt? Am I, you know, concerned about my job stability? Uh, when you look at all the various factors around what can I truly afford to take on in my portfolio, can I afford to take a little bit of risk? Can I put some of my retirement savings in things that offer some security, like, you know, GICs or market-linked GICs that will at least cover off my first few years of retirement income so that I don't need to worry about what's happening in the market right now as much? But not to take everything that you have and, like I said, stick it under the mattress. Avoid any type of opportunities for growth on your portfolio. So it's about... I always say, how much are you going to need? And even that question sometimes, just going through what is it I'm going to need? What other sources of income will you have in retirement? And what is the gap that exists that we're trying to fill? And then we look at 
how much time do we have? How much interest do we need to earn? And how much can we afford to contribute? Because those are the real three factors that you need to consider. And we're focusing on people are delaying things. So obviously they understand that there's a time component, but we also need to be clear on where are we starting from? How much can we afford to save? What's the most efficient way to save it? And what kind of interest do we need to earn? Maybe we need to earn a high percentage, but maybe we only need to earn a modest percentage to get make that gap close. So there's yeah. a lot of different factors. But again, if you feel like you don't have any options and you're fearful and you haven't taken the time to get clear on your numbers, really, really look at where we're starting from versus where we're trying to get and identify how big a gap we have. I think there's a tendency to just, you know, bury your head in the sand and, and or pull out altogether. And when you do that, you lose opportunities. And so I think having someone you want and hold your hand through these difficult times is more important than ever. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point earlier, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the media right now, right? Talking about inflation, high interest rates, debt rising, like all these things, people not being able to save. Having someone explain how you can reach your goals is so, so important. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon. Today, we're talking about some financial advice amid all the economic uncertainty that's out there. And joining me for discussion is Jackie McCann-Scott. Of course, Jackie is a certified financial planner, and you may know her as the owner and founder of Invested Mama, but that investment has grown. She's now the owner and founder of Lupin Planning Group, which officially launches next week. Jackie, that's exciting news. What can you tell us about this? Oh, well, Nancy, yeah, it is exciting. I'm, uh, you know, I think... I I think it's important to um, to grow and change with you know with your market and with the clients that you serve. Um, I've been operating my business under the name Invested Mom Incorporated for about ten years now, and uh, it's been wonderful. I, I always say Invested Mama has been good to me um, because your business is your baby. So, but I felt that you know I've, I've grown my team. We're now a team of three um, financial professionals, and I thought that you know I wanted to make sure that my company name my brand was inclusive and that, you know, no one felt excluded from, you know, the conversation. So I started doing some work earlier this year and I landed on the name Loop and Planning Group because certainly it's all about the plan and the fact that I am building a team. But the Lupin to me speaks of home. Uh, it speaks of where we're from. And, and more importantly, I always am struck by the fact that Lupins can thrive in the most uncertain and difficult of situations and circumstances. They look best when they stand together and they come in many shapes, sizes, varieties. Uh, and when I, you know, I've had the privilege over my career to witness my clients, you know, thrive in unexpected circumstances and to, you know, to provide that hope and that resilience that I see in the loop and flowers. So it just made sense that that's what I was going to call my business. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to be launching next week. Uh, there'll be a new website and some new new tools uh, available to clients and, and uh, the general public. So I'm really excited and thanks for the opportunity for me to share that news with your listeners today. 
Yeah, no, it's great news. And of course, you've always done such great work for your clients to see that you're expanding that and you have additional people to be able to help provide that excellent advice is, is fabulous. And we know with all the uncertainty that's out there right now, right, we talked about high inflation, rising interest rates. We're expecting another hike um, Wednesday, December 7th. So also facing a looming recession. So it's no wonder really, Jackie, that Canadians, including many here in Newfoundland and Labrador, are really worried about their financial well-being. And before the break, you had some really great advice for our listeners on managing their money during these uncertain times. But we know that there are those who struggle when it comes to their finances. And it's always best, as we said, to talk to a professional, right, so that you can get clarity on, on your numbers, like you were saying in the first segment, and really be able to set a goal that's going to work for you. Sometimes people don't get the right advice or they don't get advice at all. And they try to do things on their own and maybe not, are setting goals that are out of reach and so that becomes discouraging. So really talking to a, fen- a professional to know what the best way forward is 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 really the right is really the right step. So can you share with our listeners what to expect from a meeting when they come to meet with you or one of your, your team? Absolutely. The first question that I always ask, I appreciate that people's time is is even more valuable than their money. And if they have decided to take some of their time to come in and sit with myself or one of my team, there's a reason. And I want to understand that reason. So my first question is always, what is it you hope to accomplish? Um, You know, and and I, I usually start that sentence by, if anything were possible, which it is, what do you hope to accomplish? from our time here today and and oftentimes you know that that catches people off guard a little bit because you know they may never have been asked that question before but they may never even really thought about it before um so obviously to do that requires them to be vulnerable and to uh you know and to do some real self-reflection and uh but i really feel that if we're not clear on what it is we're trying to accomplish that when things get difficult as they will over any journey be it a financial one or otherwise you're going to abandon ship you're going to give up Uh, but if you know why you're doing what you're doing and you're really clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish and also to have someone who will remind you at various points um, after that initial conversation that you are making progress you know one of the one of the pillars of, of loop and planning group is to help clients build purposeful financial goals and plans that move them in the direction they want to go in so you know you have to start with where do you want to go so uh, those those are the questions it's not you know obviously we'll get into you know do you have a mortgage do you have any savings do you have any debt you know do you have insurances those questions are also going to come up Um, I call it the heavy lifting so this is where we you know really understand your situation so I feel that it's important that you have trust and that you you know have a good connection with your planner because this person is really going to get to know you uh, on a level that few other professionals in your life will. Um, You know, there's always the exception, Nancy. There's people that just want to buy a product. You know, they just, it's more transactional. But I think the real magic in working with a planner is when you're willing to think about this as a process and a journey and not just a series of transactions that aren't linked together, that aren't tied towards an overall goal. Um, It has to have meaning behind it or you won't stick to it. No, absolutely. And it's a good point, Jackie. 
it's important to get the right advice and it's important to, to work with a financial planner, but it really does need to be the right financial planner for you, right? You're going to be having really in-depth conversations about your goals, what you want out of your, your life, what do you want out of your retirement. So you want to make sure you have that comfort level. So what should you be looking for or asking when it comes to looking for the right person to work with you? I think it's important to, you know, um, get all of the housekeeping items out of the way. So, you know, on, on, you have to make sure that you understand uh, what the person's credentials are. Um, in this province right now, in, in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, there is a licensing body that, you know, oversees our profession, but there is no continuing education requirement right now, um, you know, to hold yourself out as a financial advisor in Newfoundland and Labrador. You do need to have some degree of, of licensing and experience, but not any real rigorous continuing education requirement. And so it's important, you know, things are changing all the time to ask your advisor, what kind of, you know, education and training do they have? How are they keeping current on, you know, what's happening in the world of financial planning and, you know, to do your research. There are, you know, places where clients can look to see is this person, you know, licensed. You can check different registries. You can check with FP Canada to see if, you know, these people are certified financial planners. There's lots of opportunity there to do your homework. You know, you're, you're hiring this professional. So, you you know, you want to make sure you're hiring someone that knows um, what they're talking about and that is invested in staying current. You also want to understand and how they operate their practice. So do they have all, you know, wet signatures required on forms? Do they use tools that will make it easier for you in these times to, you know, get things done electronically? You also want to understand their preferred communication styles. Is this someone you're going to hear from on a regular basis or is everything going to be done through email, uh, phone? Or how often are you going to meet together? We call it the terms of engagement. So when you're starting off a relationship with a new planner, understand what the expectations are that you have for the planner and what their expectations are for you. Because when you're working with a client, it's important that they are willing to share the information with you as a planner in a timely fashion so you can do the work that they've tasked you with. You know, I can't do my job if I don't have all the details. So a letter of engagement, I think, is really important when you start out working with a planner to kind of identify what areas of planning you want to focus on how their expertise aligns with that, and, you know, what what is the relationship going to look like moving forward. Those, when you're clear from the onset of what everybody's expectations are, I think those are the relationships that really thrive. No, absolutely, and I love what you're saying about understanding the expectations and the tools. So what we've been preaching uh, at BDO Canada, Debt Solutions, we've said, you know, we want to meet our clients where they're at. So whether that means they want to meet in person, they want to come in every month, they want to do everything electronically and never meet us beyond the first meeting, or they want to meet us by video rather than in person, we're going to make sure that we have the tools available that they can go through this process the way that works for them and the way that makes them feel most comfortable. So I agree with you. I think that's super important when you're talking to a professional that they're giving you what you need and, and you're getting what you need in, in return. So 
I think, Jackie, too, the survey from FB Canada shows that those who have a financial plan and work with a financial planner feel that they're more on track with their financial goals and retirement plans, that they have improved their ability to save. They're more confident that they can deal with financial challenges in life. They're better able to indulge in discretionary spending goals. And they're really generally on track with their financial affairs and able to save more. So, you know, really a good news story that can come from being able to work with a financial planner, really get clarity on your numbers. Like you say, Jackie, I really love that phrase and know what goals you can set and how you can achieve them. So we're going to talk more about the younger generation and their finances when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM morning show. Welcome back. You're listening to your money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jackie McCann Scott. She's a certified financial planner, and many of you would know her as the owner and founder of Invested Mama. Well, she's now the founder and owner of Lupin Planning Group, which officially launches next week. Jackie, I love having you on the show. You've always got some really great advice for our listeners. And I want to focus now on another survey. This one focuses on the financial well-being of our younger Canadians, those within the Gen Y demographic between the ages of 18 to 24. And I think some listeners, including many parents out there with children within this age group, may be surprised when they hear that according to a recent poll by RBC, these young adults are very engaged in their finances, particularly as they face high inflation and cost of living. I mean, this generation is seeing interest rates that they've never seen before, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to include this in our discussion because it really is positive news, right? And, and we do like to focus on the high points in, in these uncertain times. And I want to point out that survey does show the difference in perceptions between these youth and parents. But I just want to focus on the youth stats because that really is the positive here. So according to the poll, more than half at 59% of young adults aged 18 to 24 say they are very or extremely engaged in their finances. And of young adults who reported being engaged in their finances, 8 in 10 at 83% are confident in their ability to save. 6 in 10 at 60% are confident about their ability to invest. And with the vast majority at 83% experiencing increased feelings of financial responsibility. Survey also shows that one-third at 32% of these young adults are already saving for a house, and one-fifth at 19% are already saving for retirement. So, Jackie, what are your thoughts on the results of these surveys? You know, the survey is reflective of your younger clients and what you're hearing from them. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, the one thing that I'm always struck by when I sit with my younger clients is how informed they are when they come in. They've clearly done their homework. I mean, this is the generation that's grown up with Google. So they, you know, they do their research and they, you know, um, which can be a good and a bad thing, um, depending on the source of the information that they've Googled, it may or may not be leading them down the right path, but they're willing to, you know, confirm with somebody who works in this, you know, full time as a professional. Um, this is what I've heard. You know, is this true? I, I got a lot of conversations earlier this year and last year around cryptocurrency. So they've done a little bit of homework. They've seen some, you know, celebrities talking about a crypto on TikTok, and they wanted to come in and have a conversation. Um, you know, just to understand it a little bit more, and you know, and what 
what should they be doing? And uh, it was, you know, it was just interesting to, to see that they're not just standing back. They're very, very much taking an active role. And lots of times they're being sent in by their parents. Um, you know, their parents are saying, you know, you know, my son or daughter has just started their first job. They've just graduated. I want them to get off on, on the better financial footing than I did. And, and the children, you know, the adult children, having seen probably their parents struggle and waiting a little bit too long to have those conversations uh, are taking that advice to heart and they are coming in um, you know and it's like everything as a, as a parent we want our children to do better than we did so um, I've, I'm really encouraged by these stats and I'm encouraged by the experiences and the conversations that I'm having with my younger clients yeah no I love that they're so engaged in their finances and of course the poll also reports that while the majority of 83 percent of young adults believe financial stability is the key to overall happiness nearly as many at 83 percent say they need more information and support on money management. So where are they getting this advice? Well, they're relying equally on their parents, 45% and 44% for a financial advisor. And other sources of relevant financial information uh, include social media such as TikTok and Instagram at 25%, friends at 27%, online articles at 26%, and other family members at 26%. So Jackie, I think you can agree that parents and a financial advisor are certainly more reliable go-to sources. So how important is it for parents to be talking to their children about their financial goals and offering advice? I think it's very important. I mean, what we've seen over the last couple of years with the, you know, the growing amount of misinformation that's out there is that while, you know, data is accessible and articles and opinions, there's no end to them. But we really need to be, you know, making sure that we know the source of that information and that the source can be relied upon and, and do our own fact checking. And I say to people, you know, that can almost become a job in and of itself. So if you can't trust the source, then you just, you know, invest a lot of your time into reading these articles, listening to these videos and messages without knowing if it was a good investment of your time because maybe none of that information is true, relevant, or accurate. So um, I think, you know, that's certainly an important thing is to make sure the information is coming from a trusted source. Um, and that, you know, can lead you down the wrong path. No different than we were talking about earlier on the show where you said clients will come in and say, well, you know, my friend had this experience or, you know, um, they said this, whoever they are, right? And, and I'll always say, okay, well, I appreciate that. Obviously, you're engaged in this process, that you've even done any reading or, or watching of any of these things. But let's talk about you. And, and that's, again, always what's important. Uh, one of the things that I find with my younger clients that they have going for them, when we sit down and we start talking about where they are in their lives, because they may still be living at home with their parents, um, you know, when we do their cash flow plan, they have more disposable income at this point. So, you know, taking advantage of that little bit of luxury that they have not having, you know, a mortgage or rent or utilities or, you know, large grocery bills that they have to worry about, you know, let's get a jump start. Let's use that. Once we start having those conversations, all that noise that they've heard in the media and that they've seen online, more often than not starts to go away and they get more focused on what's important to me and how am I going to, you know, achieve what I want. 
You know, absolutely. And I think you share the same concerns as me when it comes to some of these other sources of financial information, right, that we mentioned in the survey. Social media like TikTok, Instagram, online articles. There is some really good information, as you said, at the top of the show, but there's also can be some misleading information or things that could be different based on your actual situation. So do you have any examples, maybe, Jackie, obviously uh, confidentially, where people have been misinformed by something they read or heard or, or saw on social media? Uh, well, you know, I have I have some some examples that I can share within my own household because um, you know I am the parent of uh, a young adult in this age group, and uh, you know certainly he he's inundated daily with information that he's receiving. And I remember having a really interesting conversation with him um, because he's 19, so and he has obviously his own bank account, uh, but he got a credit card uh, approval in the mail, and he's like, this is great. I've been approved. I didn't even have to do anything. Right. I'm like, okay, so today's the day we're having this talk. You know, there was, uh, <laughs> we wanted to sit down and talk about, you know, what does cash back on a credit card look like? What, what's the annual fee? What happens if you don't pay it within the grace period? And, uh, it was a real eye opener for him. And I realized how easy it would have been for him to just, you know, um, approve, take that card, you know, stick it in his wallet and, and not know anything until he had racked up a bunch of debt and didn't realize, you know, what an interest rate really looks like when you're being charged it. So I think the most important takeaway for me in that whole exchange, Nancy, is how important it is to keep the lines of communication open. I think, you know, historically, certainly, you know, my parents' generation, there's been a lot of taboo around speaking about money and, you know, everyone is, you know, it's like the forbidden topic and uh, there was so much, you know, secrecy and, and dare I say shame around, you know, your financial decisions and your finances and you don't need to know that. And I'm not suggesting we all get billboards and put on our front lawns and, you know, list our net worth and, and our debts and all that stuff. But talking about, you know, how we make purchasing decisions and, and you know, what are the various priorities that we should have as Canadians with our cash flow. Um, you know, obviously my children have grown up in a household where those conversations are had around the dinner table all the time. So I was glad that he spoke to me about it and that I was able to hopefully, you know, keep him on track as he engages in a different level of his overall cash flow and financial plan. So, you know, it's important to have people that you trust that, you know, have the knowledge to keep you, you know, informed in a way that's accurate and, and meaningful. Oh, absolutely. And so I guess, you know, one of the learnings is, you know, read and educate yourself based on things that you may see online, but don't take it as gospel, right? Really reach out to, to a professional who can guide you on your specific situation and maybe, you know, blast some of the um, myths away or, you know, reframe some of the information as it may apply, it may apply to you. So really some sound financial advice, Jackie. And the earlier you start a course, the better you're, you're going to be. So when it comes to investing, there are risks, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Schneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and founder and owner of Lupin Planning Group, which again officially launches next week. So, Jackie, before the break, we were talking about the good news survey that 
that speaks to the financial engagement of younger Canadians, those between the ages of 18 and 24. And of course, so positive to hear that so many of them are already saving and investing in their retirement because this will really pay off for them in the future, right? We always know the earlier you can start, even if it's a little bit, is better because of course, compound interest. So let's talk about that. What can you tell our listeners about the importance of compound interest? Well, as I said uh, earlier, when we look at, you know, trying to reach a savings goal, we have to look at where we're starting from, where we're trying to get. And then the the pieces in between are time, interest rate, and contribution. So how much can we save? And, you know, younger people that start early have time on their side and save. Every dollar that they earn in interest gets added to the contribution, and now you've got a larger contribution earning interest. That's the power of compounding. So even as you said, small amounts can grow over time. And uh, what I really, really like is that you're forming habits because I always say it's your habits and not your dollars that will get you there. If you're starting out young, you know, setting aside that whole pay yourself first concept where, you know, once we've sat down and we've looked at, okay, here is my income. This is the fixed expenses that I have to pay. And, you know, we make sure that we've sharpened our pencils and we've made those as efficient as possible. You know, for young people, it may be negotiating a better sell package or, you know, uh, looking, taking advantage of opportunities to pay off students debt before interest rates go up. So we look at the fixed expenses and it's important to do those because you need to maintain good credit. It's really important when you're building that as a young person. And then when we look at what's left over, let's set some short-term goals like emergency savings or maybe buying a car or, you know, a down payment on a house so you can, you know, move out of mom and dad. Uh, But then look at those meaningful goals, those longer-term goals, you know, five years plus. Those are the ones where the compounding interest is really going to come into factor because you've got a number of years of that compounding effect. That's where maybe a few dollars being put aside for retirement can kick in. So now what's left over is yours to do with as you see fit. So once you've had that, you know, this is what, this is my mad money. And you're not wondering, have I overspent this month? Have I underspent this month? I always say it's important to the stuff that you've got to deal with, get that out of your day-to-day account to do a little bit of a strategic banking plan where you've got those fixed expenses coming out of checking. And then your mad money is in your savings that's attached to all your devices that you tap and, uh, you know, and touch and, and spend. So, so that's, I think, you know, uh, really, really important for young people to to see how even a little bit can make a huge difference because of that time factor that they have, regardless of the interest rate they earn. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so encouraging to see that so many young adults are increasingly investing with both short and long term goals in mind. But I think it's important that they understand that investing does come with risks. So what advice can you share around that and how do they uh, learn about this responsibly? I think there's a tendency, you know, in part because of what I just said about they have time on their side to assume that if you're young, you know, you've got all kinds of risk tolerance. You know, it doesn't matter if you you have a lot of volatility in your portfolio because you've got time to make it up, you know, between now and when you need it. And there's some truth to that, but it really depends on, you know, what the investment is for. For retirement, you may have a long timeline for down payment on your house. You may not want, you know, that you're hoping to move into in three to five years. You may not want to take as much risk. So it's always about starting 
with the question of for this particular purpose that I'm saving for, you know, what's my timeline? How much do I need to save? What's the interest rate I need to get to, to get there? So it's not, again, you know, an assumption that I think you should apply to all your investment accounts, regardless of your age. It's a looking at you know, what is the intention and what time do I have? Also, for you, you need to think about not just your tolerance or your timelines, but what's your capacity for risk. And sometimes capacity is about what you can afford to lose. Sometimes capacity is about what do you understand about the markets. So if you're new to the markets, you know, doing uh, individual stock picking, you know, is probably not recommended. It's important to understand what you know, but equally important to understand what you don't know. And, you know, to not dive in the deep end as soon as you start investing. I encourage people to dip their toe in the pool first. You know, let's let's do this. Let's see what it feels like to first of all have money go into an investment that, you know, is going to either go up or down and then, you know, take your temperature about how that feels when it's a small amount so that when it becomes a larger amount because you've invested early, you've accumulated through compounding a nice little nest egg, what it feels like in years like this one where we see drops of 10, 15, 20% on investments. Seeing a hypothetical loss and experience it in real time are two very different experiences. So trying to understand, you know, what is my capacity? What's my tolerance? You know, those types of things are really important conversations. And that's beyond which stock should I buy or which portfolio should I invest in. It's about understanding yourself and your goals really, really clearly. The other thing is looking at, you know, how to invest. So for young people, I often, I think the TFSA is a wonderful investment tool. If you're just starting out in your career, you probably haven't accumulated a lot of RSP room and you may not, you know, certainly have hit the peak of your earning years. So, you know, maybe considering saving the RSP for down the road when putting away money in the RSP will make a bigger impact to your bottom line. And, you know, the TFSA is a great way to dip your toe in the pool of investing. Um, you know, you still have lots of choice, obviously, in terms of how you invest under that tax shelter, but um, there's a lot of a lot of education that happens at the beginning uh, because you need to have the language, you need to understand the options so that you can make informed decisions that are meaningful to you. You know, absolutely. I have a friend who says he, he doesn't invest because he, he can't um, bear the thought of looking at his portfolio and seeing a decline. So he keeps his money safely in the bank. And I always say to him, you know, it, it's okay to see peaks and valleys. That's what the market's all about. The important thing is you, you talk to someone to understand your risk tolerance, what where you should be placing your money, because it's not earning anything in your actual a bank account, right? And you work hard for your mm-hmm. money. So you should be letting your money work hard for you right <laughs> yeah and he's, he's actually losing having it sitting in the bank right now inflation's almost seven percent so if, if the cost of you know if, if taking that one dollar of that money and going out today is buying you less and you're not at least earning that amount on it to replace the the rising cost of of consumer goods then you're actually losing money so maybe maybe that's the conversation that you need to have with Nancy is you know you you don't think you're in a valley but if you're not making anything right now and everything is going up in price, you are actually in one. Um, you know, and, and sometimes when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. That's how they say it. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, reframing is everything. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Jackie, again, some great advice as always for listeners out there. But we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So what final thoughts would you like to share with our listeners today? Um 
I, you know, I really am struck, and maybe this is because, you know, I, I, I am doing the brand launch next week, so I, I've really been thinking a lot about, you know, um, my clients and, and preparing, you know, a little mail out to everyone. So I'm, I'm really, you know, over the last... A uh, few few days, I've been reliving some of the experiences that I've had with clients, and I think the thing that I want people to know is that they are more resilient than they think, and that you know this too shall pass. What we are experiencing right now, you know, as a society with high inflation, economic uncertainty, market volatility, geopolitical risks, you know, riots uh, happening, you know, in the world because of COVID restrictions still. There's, you know, there's a lot out there, but, you know, a lot of that stuff you cannot control. So it's really important to focus on what you can and to know that, you know, there are people out there that, you know, want to see you succeed and they're happy to have the conversations that ensure that happens. Seek them out. Do not, you know, suffer in silence. Do not try and do this all on your own. There's absolutely no need to do this all on your own. And, you know, when, when you can have some positive conversations where you focus on what you can control, it does quiet the noise a little bit. It does provide that clarity. That SP Canada stat, the one stat on the uh, on the financial stress indicator from 2022 that really stood out to me is that, you know, only 15% of people that work with a planner say that money is their top source of stress still versus, you know, almost half of people without a planner feeling that. That to me speaks to the power of conversations and building a team around you that I trust. So I encourage your listeners to seek people out. It's really, really important to not try and do this alone. Absolutely, Jackie. You know, thanks again for joining me today and sharing advice. To that point, if people do want to reach out, they want to get some advice, what's the best way for them to do this? Um, They can certainly call me at 781-3526 or as of Monday, they can email Jackie at lupinplanninggroup.ca and that's L-U-P-I-N. Um, congratulations, congratulations again on the launch of Lupin Planning Group. I know you're going to do great things, you and your team, uh, into the future. So, And again, thanks to our listeners for, for tuning in. And remember, we want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or question or topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send it email to yourmoneyatbdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.